Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Professional Sports Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Murphy. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. In this episode, this Tuesday installation of my pod, we're going to be going over the usual recap of last week's football. We got Week 11's action for you guys this week. It was an awesome week with a ton of upsets, a ton of very competitive games, and some not so competitive. But either way, they had very big implications. A lot was going on this week, a lot of news in the media. I'm going to here to talk about most of it. I'm going to talk about six games, I believe it is. I'm going to start by saying this league is just so competitive right now. It feels like we know who the better teams in the league are. Maybe it's, you know, 12 really good teams, 10 really good teams, eight really good teams, however you want to say it. We know who's much better than their record suggests, such as the Colts and the Vikings, which we'll get to later. We know some teams that are much worse than their record suggests, such as the Raiders. But either way, it's just a crazy fun fun season this year. Excuse me. It was a crazy fun week. I just want to say last week on my best bets, I went four and one. So hopefully you guys made some money off those bets. I'm very proud of this week's results. I feel a lot better about it because uh, obviously last week we weren't so hot. I don't think we hit a single one of those. So if you guys haven't already, be sure to go follow my Instagram at professional sports talk. Go check out my story for a chance to go win a jersey of your choice. All you have to do is shout me out on your story, fill out a Google form, and you're going to be automatically submitted to win a jersey of your choice. So be sure to head over there. And also, you can interact with me. I'm posting far more often on there. It's great to see people commenting on my posts and really getting interactive with me. Shout out Moki if you're listening to this. Thanks for the comments on the post, man. Um, Also, be sure to follow there because there's going to be some bonus best bets such as the Patriots to cover their spread against the Falcons which clearly they they covered that all right I'm not going to talk about this that game this in this podcast but regardless I'm going to be talking about six games the implications they have in the future and then I'm going to be talking about three teams trending up if I think it's sustainable or if I think they're a little bit of fake and then I'm also going to be talking about three three teams trending downward and if they can bounce back or if it should be time to panic so first we're going to talk about the saints versus the philadelphia eagles i just want to start by saying this is a game with both of these teams i cannot figure them out i thought i had a good grip on who the eagles were i thought i had a good grip on who the saints were and for those reasons i made it one of my best bets for the saints to cover their spread and straight up win this game and clearly i was wrong it's just I would have thought both of these teams could be sneaky, but now I'm just genuinely confused. I don't think either of these teams right now are playoffs teams, but I could seriously why they would give other other teams a lot of trouble. Um, I also feel like this game here was hugely impactful for Jalen Hurts' future in Philadelphia because I really think it opens the door for him there. At the end of the day, would you rather gamble with a fairly weak quarterback class coming up or try and overreach and overspend for a veteran Or you could just stick with what you have in Jalen Hurts. Right now, I would think that they're going to stick with what they have. So I think it's very impressive for him. I'm very happy for him because as you guys know, I wasn't so sure or sold that he was going to be the guy there. But I was always rooting for him. So again, this can change at any moment. You never know what's going to happen. It's such a fluid league and things change very, very quickly. 
But right now, he's looking like the guy, and great for him because, as you guys know, I was rooting for him once again. And I just think it's really awesome to see situations like this, a second-round pick turning into, you know, possibly the future, and I hope he can keep it up. Regardless, truthfully, his legs were the difference in this game. I didn't think he made too many wow passes. I actually thought, as a passer, he played a lot better in that Broncos game. Hold on one second, guys. I'm going to take a quick pause right here. Sorry, I couldn't help but notice my wallet was so close to my mic and I was just waiting for it to make an obnoxious noise and be way too loud on your end. Anyways, I thought he actually played a lot better as a passer in the Broncos game, but he just ran the ball extremely well, showed his, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Showed his, uh, da, 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 da. Um, why can't I think of the word? Versatility. Sorry, I couldn't, couldn't think of the word versatility. Uh, he had three rushing touchdowns. He ran 18 total times. And it was just a great display of what he can do when the play breaks down. And I think that's extremely important in this day and age because obviously you can have your surgical guys like your Kirk Cousins, your your Tom Brady, who aren't going to leave the pocket very often. And they're just smart enough to, you know, pick up blitzes, stuff like that. But when you are young and you can run the ball effectively and you don't have to pick up those blitzes and even when a play is not there you can just take off with your legs and then obviously it can turn into three scores in this very game that is hugely impactful on the game and i think that it seriously i mean it starts a conversation for sure like i said it definitely leaves the door open for him and a future beyond just this year and i think a lot of eagles fans are saying the same thing right now so good for them it seems like they made a decent move moving on from Carson Wentz I think that locker room and that city as a whole was just very over him I don't think they wanted to stick him there and obviously the Colts are very grateful with that because they're balling right now and either way I think it's a win-win I really hope that Jalen Hurts has a bright future here I really hope that Carson Wentz has a bright future in Indianapolis but nevertheless this isn't about the Colts right now this is about the Saints at the Eagles game of course, I talked about this in my last episode, Trevor Simeon, I thought he was going to be a lot less reckless with the football, but his two picks were just killer. I mean, you can't really, it's it's always harder, you know, if you're winning the turnover battle, you're far more likely to win a game, and Jalen Hurts didn't turn over the ball, and Trevor Simeon did. I'm not saying that that's the only factor as to why the Eagles got away with the W in this game, because they did deserve it, they were the better team on the field that day, but it definitely doesn't help, that's all I'm saying. And I think that the Saints just desperately need Kamara back. Um, I'm not sure what happens if he's in this game, but I do think they would have won this game. Mark Ingram was, I mean, he's efficient. He's been a great pickup. He still looks great. He ran the ball very efficiently. But Kamara is just, when he's on that field, he is the best pass catcher, regardless of receivers, of tight ends, whoever. And either way, it's it's... He's the best check down guy in the league besides maybe Christian McCaffrey. He's just the best safety blanket for any quarterback and any quarterback could ask for. So again, who knows? Maybe they still lose this game if Kamara's in it. But again, that's the whole point. Who knows what would happen if he was in this game? So either way, it's a great win for the Eagles. Huge win for Jalen Hurts. Um, I don't think either of these teams are playoff teams, but I think they could be a serious pain in the side for a lot of teams, as we already saw earlier this year. Moving on to the Browns versus the Lions. Man, this first off, this was just an ugly, ugly, disgustingly ugly game. The Browns did not deserve to win this game. I mean, let's be honest. Unless you are me, 
a Browns fan, some other analyst, or a Lions fan, you didn't watch this game. It was just not a good game. My biggest takeaway from this game is there's a couple key statistics that I really want to focus on because I really think they do tell the tale very well of this game. First is that Tim Boyle only had 77 passing yards, which is great. That's a huge win for Cleveland's defense, but they only won by three points. So that itself is just very, very concerning. The fact that you're holding an, an opposing quarterback to under 100 yards passing the entire game and you're only winning by three points. Just let that sink in for a second. Really think about that one because, I mean, I couldn't believe that statistic when I saw it. And, I mean, watching the game, I could definitely believe it because Boyle was throwing the ball like shit. But after the fact, after it was all said and done, when you think about 77 passing yards and you only won by three points, that yikes, that's not, that's not a good sign. The quarterback play in this game was just absolutely awful. I said this last week, Baker needs to be benched. I mean, he is doing himself a disservice and this coaching staff is doing him a disservice. Maybe there's some huge elaborate plan here because they're going to have to pay him a lot less money if he just keeps playing this way. But I don't know. Baker is just so over his head. I think he's far too confident and cocky to say that he needs to stop because he clearly doesn't know when to. He's only hurting his team. And of course, more importantly to himself, he's hurting himself. He's literally costing himself millions and millions of dollars by still playing right now. Because as we know, his fifth year player option goes through to the end of next year and then it's contract discussions. And a lot of these contracts for these types of quarterbacks gets done a, a year or maybe a couple years before their rookie contract is over. We saw that with Jared Goff. We saw that with Carson Wentz. We saw that with Josh Allen very recently. And right now, I don't know. I don't think you can argue that Baker million, Baker million, Baker Mayfield is worth $30 million. It's just when you look at what the average quarterback in the league is making, first off, it's ridiculous. It's just so much money, but that's a whole different story. And secondly, he's just nowhere near worth the median. You know, even if you're going to put him on the franchise tag, that is so not worth it financially for the way he's playing right now. You have Case Keenum sitting on your bench, who's one of the best backups in the league. He's proven that he can play in a system like this with Kevin Stefanski. And honestly, I think it's very much up to Kevin Stefanski to just sit down Baker Mayfield and say, look, kid, you're done. I'm sorry. It sucks. I don't think Browns fans want to hear it. I don't honestly, I don't know. If you're a Browns fan, you're listening to this. Let me know what you guys think about this, because that's just my takeaway. I think that Stefanski Obviously, he doesn't want to uh, piss off his franchise quarterback, or maybe not franchise, whatever. He doesn't want to piss off his starting quarterback, I'll just say it that way, who is known to be a little bit of a hothead and had to have you know some temper. So I see why he's not just doing that. But at the same time, you're the coach of the team. You're the leader of the squad. You need to know when to put your foot down and say, hey, you're hindering our team here. And I seriously think Baker is hindering the Browns right now. And the thing is, it's not all Baker's fault. I'm not saying that Baker can't be a franchise quarterback. He's just so beat up. We've heard he's dealing with, it was some foot injury. It was like a heel or a toe or a something. I don't know. And then he's got that knee issue. And then he's got the torn labrum. There's just a whole lot going on there. And honestly, again, it's just not good for the Browns right now. And it's, 
I'm seriously starting to worry about this team because their defense is great and their defense has shown a lot of promise and they have a ton of young talent on their team. But quarterback, as we know, is the most important position in this game. And Baker's not only costing himself millions and millions of dollars, he's costing his team's wins as well. Or not yet, but he will in the future, I believe. I wish the Lions won. And I think, I mean, who knows? If Goff is playing this game, they might just have won. But who knows, again. I think they should have run the ball a lot more. DeAndre Swift looked very efficient running the ball. He was nearly running at 10 yards a carry. Obviously, he had like a 57-yard run or something like that to inflate his stats a little bit. But he's clearly the best thing going for this offense. And they didn't really control the possession game nearly as well as they thought that, that I thought they would have. And I thought that there was ultimately their undoing. I mean, the Browns just ran the shit out of the ball. And Nick Chubb looked excellent, as he always does. But if if the Lions could have kept the Browns offense off the field just a little more and forced them to play catch up just a little bit, force a little more throws from Baker Mayfield, I think they could have won this game. Not saying it's so much of an indictment on the Lions because, again, the Browns are the better team. The Browns should win this game. But, again, they were playing with their backup quarterback who only threw for 77 yards, and they only lost by three points. So... I don't know. You tell me what you guys take away from that because I've, I've been ranting about pretty much the same shit over and over again. Overall, in conclusion, Baker shouldn't be starting. The Lions should have won this game and run the ball more. And the Browns didn't deserve this win. That's ultimately what I took away. Those, those are the three main points I took away from this game. Moving on to the next game, we've got the Titans at the Texans. Wow. First, I always love seeing games like this because I genuinely think it's very good for the league. I think it's great to see really bad teams beat really good teams. And before this week, I said Tennessee has a lot of problems and I'm not sure how sustainable the streak they were on was. But still, they were finding huge wins and they were finding ways to beat some of the best teams in the league. But man, they just fell apart this game. Sure, I think injuries are absolutely decimating them. I think that that is probably the main reason they lost this game, but there are more than that. We can start with a few key reasons. Most importantly, Ryan Tannehill, you cannot throw four picks and expect to win a game. Sim simply put, it's impressive this game wasn't worse than it was with all those turnovers. I know he's throwing to a bunch of dudes who haven't really proven much in this league, but he's got to make better decisions and this offensive line has to protect him better too. I mean... On the, other, on the flip side of the ball, the Titans pass rush just disappeared. I mean, they got no sacks on Tyrod Taylor, which has been a huge key to their success. Obviously, they've been extremely disruptive in all their wins. Most importantly, what we saw at the Rams game. I mean, that Rams game was just over before it even started because the Titans defensive line was just so damn dominant that game led by Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry and of course D'Amico Autry they've got a ton of guys there who are just absolute studs on the defensive line and this year they just kind of disappeared Tyrod made some absolutely incredible plays with his legs it can be argued that his scrambles were the reason they ultimately won this game because, you know, he had two rushing TDs, which were both amazing runs, by the way. If you guys haven't seen the highlights of this game, go look it up because Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor's probably not going to get a, a starting job next year in the NFL, but God damn it, I wish he would because even though he can't stay healthy and maybe he doesn't deserve a starting job, I love this guy. Every time he's on the field, he seems to make some big plays. Guys seem to gravitate towards him and... 
I just wish he could stay on the field because I, I mean, he's easy to root for. He's a really likable guy. He's always seemed to be on underrated teams. Remember that year he was on Buffalo and he led them to a playoff berth and they almost beat that Jaguars team that ended up going to the AFC championship game. Yeah. Regardless, I love Tyrod Taylor. This was just awesome to see. Overall, I love how little is guaranteed this year. If the Titans can't stay healthy, I think they could run into some serious trouble because they have very little depth at positions like receiver and running back, which of course is what their offense is entirely built around. Because think about it this way, when AJ Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry are on the field, that might be the best offensive trio in the league, but when none of them are on the field, they might have the worst offensive weapons in the league. And that's that type of shift in power and balance is just extremely concerning and it tells you how little depth they have and it i mean yes you can blame Tannehill for the four turnovers but when you know that he has no idea who he's throwing to and he doesn't know the guys very well on the field at all and he just doesn't trust him i mean his play is greatly diminished and that's not really entirely on him you know what i mean because he didn't practice with those guys he wasn't throwing those the balls to those guys in you know training camp and all that stuff so i don't know if they can just get to the playoffs and get their boys back on the field they should be extremely dangerous and i'm not saying to abandon ship on them because i still think this can be a very good team but man they need to stay healthy they need to get healthy and overall i don't think this says too much about the texans it's not like the texans are going to make some run here we know the texans are pretty much out of playoff contention and again these interdivisional games are always going to be closer than the ones outside of them because the teams just know each other so well and again i think there was a lot of that on display here but yeah i mean the tech the titans have to be concerned just because i still think they're very much set for a playoff berth but they need to get healthy at the end of the, at the end of the day i think that's a huge reason why they lost this game i think if derrick henry julio jones aj brown are all in this field and healthy they easily win this game so i'm not too concerned about them I'm not taking away too much from the Texans. Just get healthy, Titans. You'll be all right. Don't panic, Titans fans. You'll be cool. All right. I should probably talk about this game, but I don't really, I can't really muster the will to do so. So I'm just going to, I'm literally going to say like, I'm going to cover it for like a minute. The Bears. Fuck, man. This was the worst loss of the season, and it's really not close. The thing is, it's way worse than the Steelers one. The Steelers one's probably the second worst. But the thing is about the Steelers game is, yeah, sure, there was all those fucked up calls, but at least we gave we, we had hope, you know, because Justin Fields played incredible. There was a lot more offensive performance. And this just this just crushed us. I mean, we had absolutely no offense before the fourth quarter. Excuse me. Got a quick uh there we go. Got a quick yawn. Um, we had no offense before the fourth quarter, and then Justin Fields gets hurt. It doesn't sound like it's bad. It just sounds like it's some bruised ribs, and he should be back after Thanksgiving. And whatever. I'm not really fucking... Honestly, I don't expect too much. But two things. Two, two, two very, very important things here. The Ravens have literally the worst passing defense in the entire league this year, and we could get fucking nothing going nothing nada nothing going in the passing game and two 
what was I saying before that? I, I had a point before that. Yeah, yeah, so he couldn't get anything going before the fourth quarter. The red rifle comes in. He fucking, he gets our offense juiced up. We're, we're winning with two minutes left. And then sure enough, the Ravens get their only goddamn touchdown of the entire game to win the game. Whatever, I'm just listening to what happens. You guys know what happened. That's not the point. I, need, I told you I wasn't going to talk about this game very much, and I told you I was going to do it fast. My long story short, clear the fucking house. Just fire everybody. Fuck Matt Nagy. His play calling is so awful. And I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, well, Bill Lazor's calling plays now, so shouldn't we fire Bill Lazor too? Guys, did you see this game? Did you see why Nagy was freaking out about why his mic wasn't working and was trying to go to get to the tech guy before that one play? Bill is not calling the plays. This, I don't care what the media is being told. Bill Lazor is not calling plays for the Chicago Bears. He might have for a few games there, but I am so convinced that he is not that I will basically make it a guarantee because if you look at these games, first off, it looks like Matt Nagy play calling because they're so fucking stupid and they're so generic and they're so predictable and Bill Lazor has a lot more balance to his offense he gets a lot more of the run established he likes to work off play action off of that for example if you go watch that lions game i full-heartedly think bill laser called that game if you go watch that uh the Bengals game i think he called that game but man there's no way this was not a bill or this was not a matt Nagy called game there's also been some rumors that Matt about Nat Nagy being fired after Thanksgiving and him saying they're false or whatever. But if and when they lose that game against the Lions on Thanksgiving, Matt Nagy will absolutely be fired. <laughs> I don't care if he's been told that he's not going to be fired after that game. If they lose that game, and I think they will, which again, I hope I'm fucking wrong, but if he doesn't get fired, the city of Chicago is going to riot and I'm going to join them personally. I'm, I need to stop talking about this game because I can feel my blood getting hot. I'm getting pissed off. I hate Matt Nagy. I hate him. 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 His play calling is so bad. This is supposed to be an offensive guru guy, and he we can't move the fucking football. And our play calling is... Not only is it like is it like a personnel thing because we've seen we can run the ball we can move some guys around on the offensive line we've seen that Justin can air the ball out and make some really solid throws we've seen at times we can get at least somewhat decent protection but that none of that shit matters if you can't call the right plays all right I've been talking about this for like three minutes and I said I was gonna make it sixty seconds fire Nagy sorry that was loud I'm sure that was loud on your end too. Fucking, I um, I gotta shut up. Moving on to the next game. Hopefully this will just catch my breath for a second. All right, next game. We got the Chiefs at the Cowboys. This is not how I or maybe anyone was expecting this game to go. And honestly, I think it it was good for the Chiefs that it kind of went this way because the Chiefs just keep getting scarier and scarier. Because the thing is. I understand Amari was ruled out before the game and CD left in the second quarter and there were some offensive line injuries for the Cowboys. But let me just say this. It was 16-6 Chiefs at the end of the half. Meaning when by the final score it was 19-9, your defense only allowed three points in the entire second half. 
You cannot ask for much more than that. You absolutely have to capitalize on this. So I guess that leaves a little room for concern for the Chiefs offense because, you know, or I mean, sorry, for the Cowboys offense, excuse me, because, you know, you, you're holding up one of the best historical offenses in the past five years, five to ten years in the Kansas City Chiefs to only three points and a half. And you're just, you basically did absolutely nothing with it, which I don't think it was all Dak's fault either. I didn't like how predict predictable the play calling was. I mean, the Cowboys just got away from the run in the second half and it, they, they were playing like they were down like 20 points. It was, it was really strange. Yeah. I know Zeke was a little beat up too. And their offensive line didn't have all the guys there, but you have the best running back or excuse me, best backup running back in the league and Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's an absolute stud. He'd be a lot of teams starting running back if he was on their team, but they just completely got away from it. Again, they were playing like they were down 21 nothing or something. It was just pass, 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 pass. And that makes it a lot easier on a defense to call plays because it leaves you predictable. It leaves your pass rush to get home. And honestly, when you don't have your weapons like you normally do on the outside in Amari Cooper and CD Lamb, that's not a very good recipe for success. And the Chiefs defense, give them credit, They, especially in the secondary, they were being very sticky in coverage. Tredavious Ward played an outstanding game. Legereus Sneed played an outstanding game. And, I mean, at the end of the day, that was in part because the Cowboys were just passing it over and over and over and over again. If there was more of an established run game and the Chiefs defense had to respect the run a little bit more, I don't think the corners would have played quite as well as they did, but whatever. I'm not going to panic about the Cowboys. I don't think we can take too much away from them, except their play calling needs to be better here. They need to get healthy. And overall, I still think they're a contender. I thought this game said a lot more about the Chiefs in totality. It is wild for me to think how drastically different this defense is. They look like an entirely different team from the beginning of the year. I mean, we can start off, I'm sure you guys have heard this all week long, Chris Jones playing back at the defensive tackle position is just an absolute must. And as a fan, I missed his dominance. He had three and a half sacks this game, just absolutely all over the place. Obviously, old college teammate with Dak Prescott and... I mean, he let him have it this game. He was fucking everywhere. Frank Clark showed up a couple times. Again, I don't care if they're a little beat up. They're holding the best, the league's best offense statistically to six points is an absolutely massive W for them. I still see a lot of problems with their offense. And I still, excuse me, that we saw before the Raiders games, because obviously the Raiders game, their offense just ex completely imploded. But I mean, between miscues, not really pulling off in the improvised plays that we're used to seeing them. They're not really converting on key moments like we're used to seeing them. And Mahomes was kind of doing that thing where he was panicking and leaving pockets a little too early, which I think he needs to clean up a little bit. But regardless, if the defense plays like this and continues to play like this, which is absolutely dominant, which again is just kind of mind boggling to me because they were so fucking bad, like so fucking bad at the beginning of the year then this team is going to be just fine. This team should be a Super Bowl contender. And man, if just just wait, because if and when this team is clicking on all cylinders, I mean, fuck, they have to be in the conversation for the best team in football. They've won a lot of games against good teams not being in sync at all. So again, if they can, which, I mean, from what I've seen the past two weeks in particular, I think they will figure it out. 
they're going to be a really damn good team and they're going to give a ton of teams a ton of trouble. All right. Moving to possibly the most impactful game of the weekend. We have, God damn it. We have, sorry, the Colts at the Bills. What a statement game for the Colts. Some of you may remember I took the Colts to cover the spread in this game as one of my best bets. And it was mostly because a lot of the things that I thought would happen in this game happened, but just on a much, much larger scale. I thought just or Jonathan Taylor would run all over them, but what I did not see is Jonathan Taylor running all over them and John and Josh Allen playing this bad. I mean, there's honestly no way around it. Josh Allen has been very bad this year when under pressure. We saw it here. We saw it against the Jags. We saw it against the Steelers. I mean, he's the usual Aaron Rodgers looking, buy some time, even throw off your back foot and just drop it in a bucket of the receivers or just throw a dart to your receivers. It's not really working for him this year. I mean, I've been saying this, the Bills offense isn't as great as we think. But more importantly, Josh Allen is playing a lot more like rookie Josh Allen than MVP Josh Allen the past couple weeks. And the thing is, that's not to say it's entirely his fault at all because, yes, his O-line deserves some of the blame here because they were consistently beat and they were honestly just being pushed around by that Colts front four. It was kind of an ass-whooping, honestly. Uh, DeForest Buckner looked extremely good and so did, uh, I can't remember... What's that rookie's name? Holy shit. This is going to annoy the shit. I mean, he has a really cool name. Quiddy Pay. Um, and then uh, Oriki? Oriki? Am I saying that wrong? Bobby Oriki? Is that... Am I making a name up? I, I feel like that's someone on there, right? Anyways. Regardless, um, I mean, their offensive line deserves a lot of blame. And additionally, there was also just a total lack of adjustment in play calling. And overall, I got to say, I'm pretty concerned about the Bills here. The play calling was really bad here. They didn't really adjust to give Josh Allen. It just felt like they were trying to force things down the field too much. And I get that they were down a lot of the game, so they kind of didn't really have a choice. But again, when they're very one-dimensional on offense, and that's an absolute problem. They can't run the ball very well, and they don't really like to lean on the intermediate and short passing lanes. They, they're not really... The thing is I really like about the Chiefs is that the Chiefs are making great adjustments and they, they're establishing the run, they're trying to get their offensive line going, and they're trying to get Patrick comfortable in these games. The Bills aren't really doing that right now. The Bills are just putting way too much on Josh Allen's shoulders in my opinion, especially when the offensive line is getting beat at the point of attack and they can't really establish a run game, which again, if you can establish a run game, a good run game is a quarterback's best friend. Sure, you can argue an offensive line is, but if a defense has to respect the run, it's going to open up the entire offense in for as far as the passing game. And I seriously think that that's hindering the Bills' offense right now. And I don't know, you know, the Patriots, and you know, no, no, I'm just saying the Patriots are in the division, and Bill Belichick and the Patriots love facing one-dimensional team. So I think right now the Patriots should be favored to win that division. They play each other in two weeks, and... I mean, just look out for that game. Again, right now, I would take the Patriots to win that game just because I think the Bills are lacking that swagger on offense. They're very one-dimensional. And Mac Jones is playing very flawless football that I think he can just manage the game enough. And 
especially, I mean, the Patriots have been running the ball pretty damn well. I'm not saying they're Jonathan Taylor and all that, the Colts offensive line and all that shit, but hey, they're good at it. I'll just say that. Before I move on, I want to talk a bit more about the Colts. This is 100% a top 10 team in the league right now and 100% a playoff team. They're playing excellent football. I said this before this game. They're very well coached. They're very much built for the playoffs between their very good front four, good enough secondary, and extremely elite run offense. It just feels like this is very much built for a playoff team. All right. In the final game we got here, we have the Vikings versus the Green Bay Packers. What a hell of a game. This was one of those games where you almost thought, I mean, not not even almost. You just kind of knew whoever had the ball last was going to win this game. Neither defense could stop the opposing offense at all. It was very similar to how I thought it would go, hence why I made one of the overs one of my best bets. But seriously, one of the best games I've ever seen Kirk Cousins play. It's so clear he trusts these receivers just tremendously. And he was make. I mean, he was just throwing gorgeous ball after gorgeous ball after gorgeous ball. Because I love, this is one of my favorite things to watch about quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is probably the best quarterback in NFL history at doing it. So is Tom Brady. So is like Kurt Warner back in the... Um, greatest show on turf days he is so good at it uh, he, they throw a ball to a spot and what i mean by that is go look up justin jefferson's second touchdown in this game kirk absolutely knew where justin jefferson was going to break off in the route before way before justin jefferson started turning his body or giving any sort of body language that he was going to do so it's it was the perfect back shoulder throw and he kind of just threw it up to a spot in the field where the DB couldn't get it and was absolutely trusting that Justin Jefferson would turn around in time and make a play on that ball. And sure enough, he did. And it is just gorgeous football to watch that play. I mean, their chemistry is clearly just so good. And with that being said, Justin Jefferson is so fucking good. Like, I don't think people realize how historically good this guy is. Like, he seriously is about to break so many records and he is going to be known as i mean if he can stay healthy knock on fucking wood because i love this guy justin jefferson is he was one of my favorite receivers coming out of that draft class he is one of my favorite receivers in the league to this point he's got so much swagger about him he's young he i don't know just so many so many good things about his game this guy is so fucking good like so fucking good like we are watching Remember when OBJ was in his first couple of years and we were like, holy shit, this is the next Randy Moss. This is this is that. He is that good. He is so good. Sorry, I've said it like four times, but I'm, I'm such a huge fan of this guy. Since all three of their weapons are healthy, they might just be the best trio in the league. I'm referring to the Vikings, of course, between Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. I mean, that is just nasty. Obviously, you can make arguments, especially, you know, when the Titans have their guys healthy. Like I said earlier in this pod, I think that's the best trio. But right now, all three of these guys are healthy and they look like the best trio in the league, especially how well Kirk Cousins is playing. Um... And I truly think that was the difference in this game. Because Aaron Rodgers played out of his mind, I can only imagine what he must be thinking after this game. I mean, me personally, I think he's very annoyed. This is a good reason why he's leaving Green Bay. I mean, truly, he's got to be thinking, what if? 
what if he had Antonio Brown? What if he had Odell Beckham Jr. right now? Or think about this one. What if he had Justin Jefferson? That draft, obviously, they traded up to get Jordan Love in that draft. What if they traded up just a little further, passed up Minnesota, and got Justin Jefferson? I mean, can you imagine Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson on the same team with Aaron Rodgers throwing in the ball? Fuck, dude. That would be... <laughs> I don't think he'd want to leave. I mean, seriously, I don't think he'd want to leave Green Bay if that was the case. Either way, not too much more to say here. If you didn't see this game, you missed an absolute treat. Even though I'm a Bears fan, I'm very happy for Minnesota that they won this game because they're finally on the other side of one of these really close nail biters. And just think about it this way. They've lost in overtime twice this year. They should have beat the Cardinals if Greg Joseph didn't choke that kick. And with those three wins, if those three games just flipped to their way, which they easily could have if they didn't you know choke them away they could be eight and two right now that's the best record in football think about that they are dangerously close to having the best damn record in football so this team very much feels like a playoff team right now and this team also very much feels like a team you do not want to see in january with that experience in mike zimmer kirk cousins and the rest of that coaching staff and then of course that run game with dalvin cook it's just not a team you want to see in january so with all my games being recapped again it was an awesome week for football so fun to get work off this sunday and just watch all the games because it was so much needed needed that mental little break and i'm very glad i got the opportunity to do so so shout out josh thanks for giving me the work off regardless awesome week of football awesome 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 week of football we're going to move on to three teams that are trending downwards and whether I think that these teams should be panicking or not. First, we're going to start off with the Los and or whoa, Los Angeles. They are not they have not been in Los Angeles in some years now. The Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, this team isn't good. This team needs to be panicking. Thank God too, because I said before the year that this team wouldn't be any good and they were absolutely burning me. I think I took them to get like under seven wins. It might've been under six wins. It was something like that. Either way, I'm pretty sure I already fucked up that bet. <laughs> Regardless, there's just a lot of dysfunction. Um, I really like their pass rush duo, but that's about where it ends. I mean, Derek Carr can't do everything by himself and Henry Ruggs, you know, being released and having that whole tragedy go down was a huge loss to this team because regardless of what you think of the talent and the receiver of Henry Ruggs, that speed is truly game-breaking and has a huge impact in the game. I mean, they're just average at pretty much all positions. And again, they don't really have any position groups outside of maybe pass rush that truly feel game-breaking. I'm sorry, Raiders fans. It's going to be another year of average. I'll just say that. I think at best, this team finishes like eight and nine. Moving on to the next team that this is another team I'm really panicking about because of reasons I stated earlier. This is the Cleveland Browns. Despite their positive record, this team makes me very nervous. And of course, it all starts at the quarterback position. I th Again, I've said this before. I think Baker Mayfield absolutely needs to get benched because I think he's too hot headed to admit it to himself he's too beat up to play and i mean i think this team on paper should absolutely make a playoff spot i just think they need better quarterback play and i'm very nervous that they're not going to be able to get baker off the field 
and it's going to hinder them too much because I truly think right now Case Keenum is a much better option at quarterback, and I think they should be doing that, but I'm just worried they won't have the ability or stones, however you want to put it. I don't think they're going to be able to tell Baker to sit it, and that makes me nervous. So I guess what I'm saying here is it's not an absolute panic because this roster is very much good, and I think they still should make a playoff berth, but... It, the levels of concern are definitely they're definitely rising it's not quite panic yet but i'm nervous i'll just say that the next team i got trending downwards and uh, this one hurts to say and i think a lot of people might give me shit for this one it's the buffalo bills i am concerned i'm not going to fully panic yet but because i do think they have a great coaching staff with i excuse me <laughs> ooh excuse me because I do think they have a great coaching staff, which I do trust a good amount. Not that I trust them as much as Bill Belichick, but still I trust them. Again, I've already stated a lot of the reasons to be worried about this team. I just don't think they're very well-rounded at all. I think they can get pushed around on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And I think Josh Allen is playing far too much hero ball. So again, I'm not saying I'm necessarily panicking yet. But I no longer think this team is going to win their division. I think the Patriots will. And I think they're definitely going to have to scratch and claw with teams like, you know, now the Colts. I mean, the Colts just beat them outright. So that's not very or that's not very uh, encouraging. I think they're going to be fighting with teams like, you know, the Bengals, the... No, I mean, the Ravens are going to win their division. The Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers. Um, what else am I forgetting? The Chargers uh yeah yeah teams like that you get my point anyways it's gonna be very competitive and it's gonna come down to the very end here because again six and four and this as crazy as it is the afc is so fucking loaded i think i saw something that 12 teams are over 500 so again it just leaves they're getting less and less room to operate and less and less room for mistakes honestly that's all it comes down to how many mistakes they can make and still pull off the win now, my three teams trending upwards. At number one, we absolutely have to include the Minnesota Vikings. This team, as I said just a few minutes ago, is absolutely deserving of a playoff spot. Said it a couple weeks ago, and this Green Bay game just absolutely solidifies my opinion even more. I think this team is extremely underrated, extremely dangerous. I don't think any team in the NFC wants to face this team in January. And I think they could seriously make up a wild card spot and I think they could seriously win a game in that wild card spot as well. Moving on to the next team that's trending upwards, we have to include the Indianapolis Colts. Similar to the Vikings, they're absolutely deserving of a playoff spot, which I've said earlier. And at the end of the day, I just want the 14 best teams to make the playoffs. Well, I guess seven best AFC teams and seven best AFC te NFC teams, you know what I mean. And the Colts, in my opinion, at least right now, today, at this current moment of time, are 100% one of the seven best teams in the AFC, excuse me, 100%, without a doubt. And for that reason, I think they should absolutely be feeling confident right now, and I think they should absolutely be making a playoff push, which is crazy to think. I mean, I would not have imagined that after their second loss to the Titans, simply because, you know, those divisional games mean so much, and also because... Well, their record wasn't very good back then, was it? <laughs> Moving on to the third team that's trending up and the last team I want to talk about in today's podcast, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, 
not too much to say here. This this team is going to be a problem. I feel really stupid for sleeping on them. To be fair, I didn't expect this quick of a turnaround from their defense, and that has absolutely been the key to their success recently. But, I mean, I think it's looking like they're going to keep it up defensively. It's looking like they're getting a little bit more of their offensive swagger back. And, I mean, can you ever really count out Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek, Andy Reid? And, of course, this defense is playing a lot better. I don't think you can. And I think this team is going to win their division. I think they're going to be extremely dangerous in the playoffs. And I'm very excited to see what this team has in store in the future. That's going to do it for this day's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to reach out to me. Let me know. Be sure to follow my Instagram at Professional Sports Talk. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode once more. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to tune in Thursday for Week 12's preview. Get all my best bets on there. And if it's not out by Thursday, it'll be out by Friday. So again, sorry for the little delays. Just been so busy recently. And then obviously, as we know, Thursday is Thanksgiving. So I'm going to be with friends and family. But I'm hoping I can still get it out on that that day. Excuse me, because it, obviously it's not like I have work or school or anything. So thank you so so much again for the third time. I'm going to shut up now. Have a, rest, have a nice rest of your day, guys. Wow, I can't speak English. And yeah, take it easy. Thanks for following the pod.